Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Mike and Gina from Highland Park Fit Body Boot Camp in Los Angeles, California. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Doing good. Hey, doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Thank you guys for taking the time to join us and be a part of the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you guys want to own your own gym? How did you get started? You want to answer that? <laughs> yeah, we actually have a cool story. I mean, I think it's a cool story. Um, so I was working in manufacturing um, for about 12 years. Uh, I got, I was, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I got out of the Marines. Had, we already had kids. So I had to go straight to work. I couldn't go to college, couldn't do any of that. I just had to go and provide. So I started manufacturing. Um, Gina was uh, working as a coach part-time um, at another Fit Body Bootcamp location. And she was there probably for like two, three years. Yeah, I would say two, about three, three years. years. Three years. Uh-huh. And I remember this day, like it was yesterday. Um, she came home from coaching and she was sitting on the bed and she was crying. And I was like, oh my God, like what the hell happened at work today? Like what's going on? Who, who's making me cry? Like what's going on? And she said, oh my gosh, like this one client, she had to, uh, she's moving, she had to cancel. And she was crying to me about how much she was gonna miss me and how I impacted her life. And um, so she started, she was crying about that. And in my head, like a light bulb went off, like, oh my God, like Gina needs to open up her own Fit Body Bootcamp. And we're gonna make so much money. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then I was, <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, "It's not about the money, Mike. It's not about the money." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's make some more money off of that." So, but I'm, you know, I was joking, obviously. But um, I'm joking, obviously. But no, that's when I knew, like, okay, how can how can we make this happen? How can we open up our own Fit Body Bootcamp and? Um, you know, this way Gina can impact more people and just follow her passion. Yeah, so that's absolutely. So the road to like actually opening is what's it's crazy. Insane. It's insane. Yeah, like I don't even know. Like, so I had <laughs> I had since uh, quit my um, full time job to start training full time. So I was training full time, and uh, we were trying to open up this location in the process. Uh, so I never really stopped working at the other location. Um, Mike, on the other hand, quit his full-time job, pulled his 401k, and basically that's how we got here. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that, that easy. easy it, wasn't that easy. All in. it was like, it was like, <laughs> how much money is in my 401k? How much how do I get that money? Oh, I have to quit my job to get all that money. Like, and then it's going to get taxed. And how and do we survive during that how time? How do I survive? So, right. you know, With four kids, we have four kids. We, oh my goodness. Yeah. We went, I, and like Regina and I went through everybody that we knew, every resource, every one person that we had networked with. Um, I coached football, high school ball. So I was, I knew like I became real close to parents that were real supportive fellow coaches that had small businesses um we pretty much had um we pretty much had friends that 
rooted for us to be successful and were willing to help us out mm -hmm. um, with marketing, with resources, I mean, like cash, right? Money. If we, if we hit like a roadblock with the city or needed more equipment, um, I was working a cash construction job. Uh, Gina was still doing, you know, I was coaching football. I was, you know, just hustling to make money. And, um, and we were using child labor too. We were not <laughs> we using child kids. labor. We had kids come in and they helped but, us out with like, when it came to like laying out the mats and like the painting and literally everyone that was in our circle helped us out. So when they say it takes a village, it's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So quite the process to get started, but we're here now. So that's fantastic. Uh, now, what does your business model look like for those who are not familiar with Fit Body Bootcamp? How are, um, how are you structuring things within the business? Is it mostly group classes? Do you do any semi-privates, any one-on-ones? What does the structure look like within the business? So the structure for Fit Body is it's all high intensity interval training. Um, sessions so we have group training so it's what we call one-on-one -on -one training in a group setting mm -hmm. so we have um, a number of coaches on the floor usually about two coaches on the floor per session we max out at 40 clients per session just at our location every location is a little bit different um but yeah so it's like all high intensity interval training very quick like the pace is very quick um, but we do cater to all levels um so you're basically rotating from station to station um, and we're demonstrating all the exercises uh, prior to the session, making sure that everyone's form is on point and offering modifications as needed. Absolutely. Okay. And as far as the membership base goes itself, how many members are you currently serving within the facility? So right now we have about, we have about 260 members. Wow. Okay. All right. And is that a, a number you're comfortable with or are you looking to add more members? We want to get to, our goal has always been 300, 300 clients. Okay. 300 clients has been our goal. We think that that's pretty much um, what the facility could hold. Mm -hmm. um, we do run eight sessions a day and, you know, depending on the time we get, you know, like Gina said, 40, 30 to 40. And then some sessions are like 10, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 or 20, you know, and uh, pretty much like we're catch, we're noticing that like people, whatever they prefer, they go to that. If they like the big, um, the vibe of like a big crowd and like everyone all high-fiving and, you know, sweating together, then they'll show up at that. If they want more like one-on-one, -on -one, then they'll go to like a ladder session with like 10 people. Right. Okay. All right. So now getting to that 300 member mark, what does marketing look like? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do? Uh, what does that look like? So we do a little bit of marketing. Uh, Mike is pretty much in charge of that. But honestly, I think that a lot of it has been word of mouth. We've been very fortunate in the sense that we have an awesome community. Um, we're big on community. So, you know, from day one, we've never stepped away from the gym. We've always been here, very hands-on with our clients. It's family to us. This is our baby. Our clients are our family. And um, we've never stepped away. So I think that just the fact that it feels like family here has been really big for everyone. And so they, they spread the word to all of their friends and family. And we've got so many people who know each other. So it's, it's almost like everyone jokes and says it's a cult. 
yeah. yes yes i always used to get that in the gym too you know if everybody would say that as well so i can i can certainly relate to that but it's it's good you know it's like people feel like they're a part of something and that's what people want so it's a good thing um so have you ever done any facebook like paid advertising instagram yeah, google so we have we're real fortunate that the franchise helps us with that and um me us being a part of the franchise already for four years um going on five years then you know i was able to learn from the marketing person with fit body boot camp mm -hmm. um and he helped me we sat really good real good support sat with me taught me how to run facebook ads and pretty much like i really didn't need him until like they started to like tell apple and like google now they're gonna start doing some weird stuff with the ads like i had to reach out to him Mm -hmm. But the support from the franchise has been great from day one um, with like uh, we do, you know, we have our click funnels, we do our Facebook leads, we, um, you know, have our low barrier offers, we do three free sessions, uh, we try to get people in the door at three free sessions first and then try to get them on a low barrier offer, like a month promo and then after that we Gina does all the sales. So we do a nutrition consultation and then during that time, Gina sells them. On Reel them in. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So we, do like, we do the typical like six week challenges we do really well here in our area uh, we've had over you know like um 100 you know doing a six week challenge like over we've had like 130 people um doing weekly payments on a six week challenge and then converting them to members so our mm -hmm. conversion rate has been high since we came back indoors for covid more people are realizing that hey i gotta get my health in order gotta work on my fitness um where before COVID, or during COVID, everybody everybody was like, you know, stay away from me, right? Like, I'm canceling <laughs> my gym membership. I'm not going outside. You know, so we were we we've been through a lot already. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how how did the low barrier offers convert for you? Do they convert well? well? Our we have we do well because of our culture. Mm. It's, let me just say that, like, Gina sells well, and our culture sells itself. Like, the vibe when you walk in here, Gina, uh, our coaches, or we have two part-time coaches, we pretty much know, like, they make fun of me because they're like, oh, Coach Mike is looking at your Instagram story. He knows if you went out last night or whatever, <laughs> right? But, that, like, I'm talking crap to him. Like, I know, I, but we know, we know, like, hey, like, so-and-so's daughter went to prom. Like let's we always check in with that. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so they like when somebody walks in the door, like oh my so like this morning, um Carolyn Carolyn cut her hair. Oh my god, like <laughs> what the hell? What, what are you going? Like, what's going on with your hair? What? Like, you know, new shoes, like our coach is always on the shoes. Like yep. you know, like, oh, how many glasses of wine did you have last night? Like, you know, like we're just messing around, but like in a way we know like so and so's kids are in college. We know mm -hmm. like the nurse will work graveyard shift last night so our culture pretty much is what sells here because we don't we don't have the high-tech equipment in here we don't have rowers we don't have skiers we don't have rigs you know our trx's are mounted to pull-up bars mm -hmm. you know like we you know so it's nothing fancy so you come in yeah. here it feels like family you get a great workout in it's 30 35 minutes you're in you're out it's programmed and we're and we help with the nutrition so Right. So do you, I should have asked a better question. Do you feel like the, the six week challenge 
people or members convert into memberships better than people who come in on like a three class trial? Um, I would say, I would say, yes. yeah. So I think that because they're with us for six weeks and they get a full taste of what we do and they get the hands on nutrition. And then during the six week challenges, we, um, are so much more in tune with the nutrition. We really dial it in and we're really, mm -hmm. really focused on it. There's a lot more accountability. So I think that, you know, they see such great results during that time. It really keeps them motivated and it keeps them wanting to come back for more. So our turnaround when we've had six week challenges has been really good. Yes, absolutely. And I'm asking, go ahead. And I was going to say the pricing wise isn't a shock to them because when they come in, they, we don't do like, we're not big on like, pay $500 and lose 20 pounds. And if you don't, you're gonna get your $500 back or we're gonna roll it over into membership if you do. We don't do any of that. We are like, come in for a six week challenge. It's X amount of money to sign up, X amount of money per week. And then if you wanna stay with us, you know, no obligation, like we're not gonna harass you. It's $10 more than what you paid. So for six weeks, they've been paying $39 a week and then to become a member, it might be like $49 a week. So it's not mm -hmm. like, Come in three free, $77. What? $200 a month now? Like, no way. Like, you know, so that's where I think like we ease them in. And then along with along with account accountability and all that, like mm -hmm. we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And I ask those specific questions because there are a lot of people out there who love low barrier offers and are afraid of six week challenges. And <laughs> I, I am the opposite. <laughs> I don't like low barrier offers and I'm a huge fan of front end challenges. Um, yeah. So that's why I asked that question specifically about do they convert better from the challenge? Because typically they do, right? It's like they're getting results. You're, right. you're working with them for six weeks. They're getting fitness. They're getting nutrition. They're getting accountability. They're sticking to it. They see changes happening. And then it's like, why would you stop at that point? Okay. And, right? you're getting, and you're getting weekly payments from them. Mm -hmm. right instead of like the one month like it could be like you so like we've heard of like 14 dollars for 14 days like 28 dollars for 28 days like 77 dollars for 30 days and in 30 days you could be getting instead of 67 dollars or 28 dollars you could be getting 150 dollars or 120 dollars like but not you know what i'm saying like yeah 30 dollar payments for you know mm-hmm and then at the yeah. same time with uh, low barrier offers, there are a lot of people who like to jump around from gym to gym, yeah. just taking, you know, low barrier offers from every gym. And, um, you know, so they don't really get a taste of what you do, so to speak. Like they don't get the whole experience. Yeah. Right. We don't like doing like, yeah. what is it? Class pass. We, Class don't, pass. we don't mess yeah. with that. Group like, no, no groupons. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Absolutely. I was the same way. I always, um, didn't like when people would come in on class pass because it tends to be like, like you said, the people that are just coming in to try it, like they're not so serious. They just want yeah. to hop around from gym to gym and they never end up with a membership anywhere. And then it's like, you know, you're taking your time, your trainer's time. And that could have been for somebody who was more serious, who really needs right. the help. So and yeah, it takes away from your culture a little bit too, I think. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then I like that you're doing weekly payments as well. That's amazing and super helpful Helpful from a business standpoint. Um, now, as far as the not collecting the either $4.99 or $5.99 upfront for the challenge. So 
I understand like easing people into those weekly payments right off the bat, mm -hmm. but I personally always liked to collect that front end cash to be able to feed back into the business. So mm -hmm. why, why do you not collect the, the other, the other side of it too, is because when people who pay, pay attention, right? So it's like, if you're putting $500 down, chances are you're going to be pretty invested for that six weeks, right? As opposed to paying $39 a week. So why did you decide to switch it to that? And, and how has it been working for you? Well, we have, so we're actually changing that. All right. So okay. it's funny that you bring it up. So we do use it as a selling point. Like, hey, yeah. we normally charge X amount of money to register, but we're going to waive it for you to mm -hmm. sign up, right? So it gets people to sign up. You know, it's like, you know, like, hey, oh, my God, they're waving $200 or $100 from me. But our next challenge is going to be different. So we are going to do an upfront fee for non-members and then charge them the weekly fee. So we're okay. working on something. Like, we haven't. It'll be the first time. So we really can't because we're still learning it, learning it. The franchise, some of the fit bodies are rolling it out already. Um, and we're going to start ours in August, uh, September. So okay. we, we are going to start doing a, an upfront fee of like $100. And then, um, but it's it's a new program. So like, we don't really, I can't really speak on it because I don't know. We'll I'm be not, testing it out soon. Yeah, we're going to be testing <laughs> it out. But so we are going to do that. It's changing. Um, so the model's changing a little bit for, for Fit Body Bootcamp. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I always did, I did rolling six week challenge. So I did it all the time. It wasn't just like, I wouldn't take just like a group of people. I would just roll all the time with it. That's, gonna all, be we're, similar. that's all we're going to be doing. Like was, every okay. Monday we're going to start X amount of people on it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Our nutrition is going to change. We've got a new, new nutrition app coming out, more accountability for our members. Uh, um, and we're going to be doing check-ins with them. We're going to bring more value to it, right? Right. With the nutrition app, in-body scans, yeah. uh, sit, sitting down with them a couple times during the challenge instead of doing individually individual progress reports and having to risk. Because our challenges are crazy. Like our, we will have like 70 people in here trying to do before photos, measurements, in-body scan. It's nuts. Yeah. And then do like 120 progress reports weekly between four coaches yeah. and personalize each one. Yeah. Ton of work. So it's a lot of work. Right. Some of that extra work. Yeah. And that's why I always did rolling because then it was like, I would start, I mean, I would have seven classes a day. So there was the potential for seven people to start. I would just do one each class, right. you know? So rather than having all of those people starting at once and everything on my plate all at the same time, I just spread it out, you know? So people yeah. would start every day of the week um, just so that it wasn't so much because I know then you have like a line at the scale, you know, everybody's lined up waiting to do the weigh-ins and you're trying to get all these reports and meet with all these people. And it's, it's a lot. It's so crazy. I definitely understand that aspect. Um, all right. So now as far as goals go for the business, where are you looking to take this thing? What is the big picture goal? <laughs> uh, so for us, like we've had some really good mentors, um, really good mentors that people have really um, taken their time and have really coached us. And one of our mentors was really specific on don't grow too fast. 
meaning expand to open the next location. Yes. Make sure that you are good with your location. Grow it until you can't grow it anymore. Until you know the buttons are bursting from the shirt and the pants, and yes. you know you're exactly. like, oh my god, right? So we were we've been real cautious about that, um, especially you know, after COVID. Well, yeah, before <laughs> COVID, I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard this from so many gym owners before COVID business was booming. Oh, yeah. We're like at the most EFT we made, like yep. our membership is so high right now. And then boom, like, you know, we're in LA. We were the first ones to shut down right. LA County, March 16th. We shut it down. Like our mayor was like starting tomorrow. And I was on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing about our franchise, the body bootcamp is our accessibility to the leadership. On March 16th, I was able to call Bedros Koulian and be like, dude, like, what's going on, man? What are we doing? What like, do we do? you know, we're thinking, Gina and I are thinking about going online. He's like, yeah, you know what? That's what we're, don't worry, Mike. We knew this was coming. We got something for you guys. It's going to be some online stuff. Like, damn, like, you know, to be to have that accessibility to like the CEO, you know, or the owner, like, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so where we're going, <laughs> we want to uh, open up our next, our second location. So what we're doing is um, we are making sure that we're staffed properly mm-hmm. because a lot of what Gina and I do, we are very hands-on with the coaching and, you know, we pretty much do, we need to restructure how our, how we run our business. And what that means is like, for me, I have to let go of some things and trust our um, employees to do more. Yeah. And, and, and that's like hard, that's hard Stepping to do. It's like, yes. like, oh my God, like if Gina does all the sales, like, are we gonna, is this person really gonna do good with sales? Like Gina's mm-hmm. done all the sales, like are the marketing, like, you know, do I trust so-and-so or what about the follow-up? What, you know, what about following up with leads? Um, so we've been very hands-on and we just gotta make sure we have the right staff in place now before we can make that step. Yeah, I think it's super crucial that you have the right staff working for you, working with you, I should say, because mm-hmm. they're not really working for you, they're working with you. Um, you're growing together if you're growing and if you're not doing well, then you're not doing well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find someone that's just as invested in your business as you are, then you know chances are you're gonna grow together. So right now that's what, you know, the coaches that we have right now have been amazing. Um, so we are looking to expand, um, hopefully, you know, in the next few months, we're hoping, Two years. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but, say months, he says years. Yeah. There's no rush. There's no, there rush. Is no rush. There's no there rush. is no right. rush. You know, no um, we're not in a, a super rush to expand, but, um, we do, we do see that in our future for sure. You know, what's crazy is that cause we're talking about our trainers, what COVID did, it made, it took every trainer. And it made them think that they're gonna make set like seven figures as a one-on-one trainer, like online training. And so now like nobody really wants to do it's hard to find trainers to do group training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard because everybody wants to do the one-on-one. One-on-one or online only. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or yeah, a lot of them. coaches. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. A, a lot of trainers and coaches have actually quit the business. Like they had to go elsewhere because they just were not making any money. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over 40% of gyms closed because of COVID. So that's a lot of jobs, you know, a lot of training jobs. Uh, And then also there was a somewhat of a shift. I think it's 
kind of it's coming back now more so toward group classes but um from larger group classes to one-on-one -on -one sessions because a lot of people wanted less contact you know it was like they felt more comfortable in a one-on-one -on -one setting rather than a group setting um but like i said i think people are kind of past that now and ready to really get back into it and return to that sense of normalcy so yeah, absolutely so group classes are are definitely there but uh it's been it's been an uphill battle that's for sure so all right so now one thing that i i really like to ask about which is it can be tough to answer this one but what is one thing within the business that you're really good at and then what is one thing within the business that you're not so good at that you could use some uh improvement an area that you could use improvement on i think i would say that as far as it goes like just personally with me, I think I'm great with our members. I feel like I can, you know, I'm very relatable. Everyone um, knows my story. So everyone can relate to me and I can relate to them. Mm -hmm. um, and that just gives us that connection. So I'm, I'm good with um, our people in general, um, as far as what I need to improve on. <laughs> That's I the tough one to answer. There's always room for improvement, you know, when it comes to anything. And just like Mike, I think I it's probably going to be like the same thing, like being able to kind of hand over some of the responsibility to someone else, you know, um, I think is definitely something that we could use and we could improve on. Be nice to take a little vacation or something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's so hard to do that. And I can completely relate to that because it's like, you want control over everything and not in a bad way, but just maintaining that level of service. You know, it's like you yeah. provide a certain level of service and typically nobody really cares for your business as much as you do, you know? So maintaining that level of service and providing for your members in the way that you do, it's really hard to let go of that and give it to somebody else. And, and the same thing with sales, you know, it's like, I was always the one making all the sales and then you bring somebody else in to do that. And typically they don't perform as well, especially in the beginning. And, you know, it's hard to see some of those people walk out the door when you know, you could have helped them, you know? So it's, it's hard to make that transition. So I can, I can definitely understand that and relate. It's a necessary step to get to that next level, to be able to take a vacation and be able to focus on the business and getting to the next level, but it's much easier said than done for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to try and get yeah. that first one. <laughs> no, I'm not perfect. Um, I think like one thing I'm good at is like, um, like knowing our clients, like knowing, like sensing like their vibe when they come in, like, are, you know, they're, are they down? They have, you know, are they have, you know, they, what their spirits are like. Um, also kind of like uplifting them during the sessions, but also being really, um, also challenging them too, like at the same time, right? Like understanding mm -hmm. like, hey, you had a bad day, get in here, get this workout and you're gonna feel great. You're gonna feel better, right? You're gonna feel good after this workout. So I think I'm good with culture wise, like just dealing with the clients in here when they're here, like pushing them um, or like lifting their spirits up. Uh, one thing that like I need to work on and it's a good thing to have Gina, I was just talking about this too, is that like Gina and I pretty much put our foot down and we're no longer gonna devalue our service. There's literally like a boot camp three miles away that is just lowballing us and 
getting people in the door. And we've had people come in here and say, hey, so-and-so is charging me this much. And, well, you match and we, would ma we would match them. But you know what? Like, no more. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're not going to match? Like, no. Like, this is what we offer here. This is what we have. This is how many people we have here. This is how many people love us. Like, this is what we do for the community. This is what we've done. To these Like, our people here, like, the results speak for themselves. Like, you know, we should be charging more. Like, if you go to Orange Theory, you're going to be paying, like, two, over 200 for, like, 20 mm -hmm. classes. Like, this is right. unlimited boot camp. Like, you're not going to get this value anywhere so but that was her telling me that and that was also like some of the mentors we have saying that like don't you know don't undervalue yourself so we like i I'm, i've learned like hey no more like we're not doing that anymore like okay that's fine like go be a number somewhere and go in and out and that's mm -hmm. it you want want to come in here you know like someone's car breaks down we go to one of our clients that owns an auto shop and like hey take your car to debbie or gary and then go, and gary, gary and david can you look at so-and-so's car like you know we do that oh you need a facial go to anna you need like you need this like go here you need your hair done reach out to gina's hairstylist like oh your your back is hurting go see our chiropractor like we're mm -hmm. always like doing that oh right um people are like can you help out with like homeless uh the schools the families that are homeless at christmas time okay normally like it's real easy to do toys for tots with the marines like anyone could set up a box and everyone drop off toys right mm -hmm. but like getting the toys from your members going to like the optimist boys home and girls home or like you know and taking it to them and then seeing the impact you're having with the kids there or to the middle school or school supplies or food cards like, you know like we're very like involved with that like it's not like you're not going to compare like we're going to make an impact this is what we do here and like we're not matching anyone's right $44 a month finally you say that I've been telling him forever <laughs> but I'm just like I'm over it I actually got I was bad I was bad like I, some girl came in there was like $44 he they're charging me that and I was like, dude, I was like there's no way <laughs> there's no way that I'm giving you $44 I'm like no. you're a nurse you're a nurse okay 127 like we'll we'll give you like a nurse discount because you guys have been, you know, pandemic, putting in hours and you're at risk and thank you for everything. Like 127. And now she's like, no, I can't. I was like, no, you're not getting $44. So I was like, no, that's the thing. It's like so many people get wrapped up in that and competing with the guy next door and it becomes a race to zero. Yeah. Right. You know, honestly, there is no competition. I mean, if right. you believe in your product, you believe in what you do, you're good to your people and you give back to the community, then there is no price to what you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And you get what you pay for. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. if you are paying a lower rate, chances are the value is not there. The service isn't there, you know, and it's all well and good if you get a bunch of people in the door, but it doesn't really mean much if they don't stick around. Yeah. You right. know, so that's, that's an important really, piece. Our retention is high. Like yeah. we have like I just we talked about we just came from a meeting with our one of our buddies. We opened up June 4th in 2018. We have 20 people that have been with us from since June day 4th. One. Yeah. From, day one. from day one. And then like in that first six months, we have like another 20 people that have been with us for like four years, three, three and a half to four years, stood by us when we couldn't, you know, when we were doing a cell phone on a, on a selfie stick, trying to run a Zoom session, like not knowing <laughs> how to do that, you know, yep. having people get a broomstick with a backpack, like for weights for weights like the barbell <laughs> yeah. get all your wine bottles out let's go we need some bicep curls 
canned food. Not hammer curls. I'll, you'll be drinking them. But. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we did like, we had people that stood with us. Like, even though we dipped to like 100 people, like 100 mm -hmm. clients during the pandemic, like those 100 people have pretty much been with us for over two and a half years, three years. Like, mm -hmm. they're loyal. Like, they're not going anywhere. Right. And, yeah, the, and, and that's the ones huge. that like, and the ones that did leave for like to save 20 bucks, good. You were a headache Fine. anyway. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. You know, yeah. it's like we, I always talk about raising prices and not being afraid to raise prices. And so many gym owners are really afraid to do it because they're afraid people will leave. Right. But yeah. typically what happens is the people that do leave, it's a very small amount. Typically it's yeah. a lot less than people think it will be. And the people who leave are the ones that cause you the most headaches along the way, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like not such a bad thing. Um, but people get so caught up on that and so caught up on undervaluing the services that they provide. Right. And yeah. it's, it's unfortunate to see because, you know, you want to compete with everybody. And I talk to gym owners all the time who own boot camp facilities or, or small group training facilities or whatever it might be. And they're trying to compete with planet fitness. And it's like, no, there's <laughs> you no, know, it's, it's apples and oranges. That's right. what I say all the time, right? It's there, there is no comparison there. So don't make it a race to zero, you know, right. and people perceive value by how much something costs, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, yes. there could be two things that are exactly the same, but if something costs more, there has to be a reason, right? right. So that's just how we perceive things naturally. Um, and in in this case that that's the case you know if you're charging a higher rate chances are you're providing a higher value so don't be afraid to do that obviously you have to make sure the value is there you can't just charge whatever you want and not provide the value, but. <laughs> so they go hand in hand but uh not being afraid of that and keeping in mind to not undervalue yourself is important you know and you don't want to look just uh hungry or needy either for members, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I like come in, we, you can pay $44 a month. It's okay. Right. Like, no, yeah. not doing that. So I appreciate that. That's a good one. And something for people out there to, to keep in mind for sure, because yeah. a lot of people are stuck in that mindset. Oh, so, yeah. all right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, so our, um, our handle on IG is at FBBC underscore Highland Park. Yep. And then um, on Facebook, we're Highland Park Fit Body Bootcamp. All righty. Perfect. Pretty straightforward there. All righty. So, Mike and Gina from Highland Park Fit Body Bootcamp in Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you both on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, change lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of FitStop24 in Dwajak and Niles, Michigan, Gary Marshall. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to hear about uh, your journey and your business here. So let's dive into it. Uh, give us the high level. Uh, you have two locations in FitStop24. Just tell me generally what, what type of facilities are they? What are you all about? Um, we're first, first and foremost, we're all about customer service, um, making sure that everybody feels comfortable coming in and out. Um, one of my facilities is 8,000 square feet offers artificial turf, um, you know, free weights. We do group fitness classes. It's a really nice setup. Um, we even offer a little bit of CrossFit. So we try and appeal to every type of, uh, client and, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the goal to try and appeal to everybody. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to dig into a little bit more of your journey and what you're doing now and where you're going. But before that, we got to know where you came from here. So give us the backstory. Uh, you didn't just wake up one day and decide you're going to own two gyms. So how did we get here? Well, you know, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor and I don't have the patience to, uh, to be a doctor. So um, I actually worked in sales um, in car sales for, for about 13 years. Um, and that's kind of how I, you know, I, I like helping people. I like helping people get established you know and what better way to help somebody than to help them get healthy you know that's like the best just offer offer a solution for for their health um and i just fell into it you know um one of the gentlemen that i did sell a vehicle to turned into one of my good friends and he happened to own a couple gyms um one thing led to another i told him i'd be interested we open up fitstop 24 as being the first official franchise in niles so it was a pretty cool setup all right, man. So in the the first, your first location was back in early 2019. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it was actually October 2019 when I October. opened up. Okay. Um, and then my second location, we were doing so well that, you know, I, I live in Dwajek. So it made sense for me to own a FitStop 24 in Dwajek. Um, and, and I did. I, you know, everything was going great. I, I took on Dwajek as well because things were going good. And yeah, I don't regret my decision. It's been awesome. Awesome. So, you know, a little little worldwide pandemic didn't deter you. We're we're still here, still still crushing it and looking at, you know, more locations, but let's go through the initial the initial startup process. The first location, uh, was it an existing gym? Did you build it out from scratch? Once you decided you were going that way, you were going to be the first franchise of, of FitStop24, how did that take shape? Um, when I realized that, you know, I was going to be the first franchise, I, I wanted to set the standard for franchisees going forward. Um, and, and the standard would be, first and foremost, create a facility that everybody can enjoy, you know. Um, and it would, you know, the customer service part, the customer service aspect was crucial for me um i come from a background of customer service and i know what customer service can can bring so um yeah i built i did everything from the ground up i picked the location um i did most of the work myself to save money um so it was a lot of sleepless nights and i was working a full-time job on top of that so a lot of you know going to work coming home kissing my kids goodnight, going back to the gym in niles and working there till three or four o'clock in the morning coming home picking my 
kids up, taking them to school. So it was four or five months of sleepless nights, but you know, it, it saved me a ton of money. And I feel like, you know, that's, it's my facility. You know, I built that from the ground up. So I have a lot more emotional attachment to it. Um, and I think that reflects in my client base as well. I think a lot of members see that I work hard, see that I come in and I'm constantly trying to improve the facility. So in turn, they respect me and my facility more. Um, and that goes for both locations. Awesome, man. So operationally, um, there, there are certain things that you have to decide. In most cases, we hope before you open the doors or, or before you start going. And from a services aspect, you have regular open access, 24, 24 hour access, as the name implies. Um, so that, that's inherent in the brand and the franchise. You have personal training, you have group classes. Um, personal training and open access are pretty standard. Almost every similar gym is gonna have that. Doing classes and group training, I feel like is growing in popularity, but begrudgingly in some cases. So what was attractive for you in having that as one of the offerings? Um, you know, it gives people the opportunity that maybe don't feel comfortable using machines um, to step foot in the gym. And that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest issue. A lot of people are intimidated to just step foot in a facility. Well, when you do it in a group setting and you offer um, that type, you know, that, that group environment, um, people tend to be a little bit more comfortable because A, they can bring a friend, a family member, um, a coworker, and they do it together. Well, now they're in there, they're working out together, they're in a group, you know, in a group setting. Now their comfortability has increased. Now they feel more comfortable just walking into the gym. Now they don't, it doesn't feel as intimidating. Um, so it, a lot of times what happens is it, it turns into a membership, you know, and it turns into um, another, uh, another member for, for FitStop24. And, you know, that's the goal to, to just keep improving every way and, and trying to attract members any way we can um, to, to come in and, and get healthy. Awesome, man. Okay. So in, in the, the model has been proving, like I said, I think the more, most of the resistance is it, maybe in people that just don't like it or they, they think it's a fad, but group fitness has been here for a while and it's, it's only growing. There are studios that just, they live and die on it. So it's really one of those things where it's hard to fight the tide at this point. So I think if you embrace it and you truly want to help as many people as you can, and you have the space for it, that, you know, it's, it's, you can, I think, let it pass you by or try to help as many people as you can. And like you said, it turns into memberships, it turns into referrals, it turns into, you know, profitable dollar per square foot space to have it. Correct. It's just uh, the resistance to it in some cases is, is interesting for sure. But yeah. I, like, I like your point of view on it. So let's talk about um, your general overview on staffing, um, how do you do? You have specific employee staffing, contractor staffing, um, different roles that you want to put in place as you scale this. Yeah, so um, staffing is is super important for me. Um, I'm I'm lucky enough to have two managers, one at each location that have been with me since the beginning. Um, you know, I, they are amazing employees. They understand what I'm trying to, um, to, to instill in our facilities. 
um, and they respect that and they're part of it. And we've all grown to be really close. Um, I don't really, you know, I like to consider them more coworkers um, than just my employees. Um, you know, I, I treat them just like family. That's, I think that's crucial when you have somebody working for you um, or with you. You wanna <clears throat> make sure that they, they feel wanted. Um, otherwise you'll lose the good ones. And right now it's hard to find good employees. So um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have two personal trainers. One of them happens to be a manager at my Niles location. Um, and we just hired another gentleman on. So I'm pretty excited to have him on board. But you know, the, the, the issue with a lot of facilities, fitness facilities is i noticed a huge turnover in personal trainers and managers. And what happens there is now you don't have the familiar, the familiar face when people walk in and it's constantly changing something new, something new. So then for the members, it becomes, oh, now I got to get to know this manager. Now I got to get to know this manager. And I try and avoid that at all costs. So I try and keep, if they're good employees, which they are, they are amazing employees. Um, I'll do everything in my power to ensure that they are happy. They're getting paid well. Um, and just, you know, the happier they are, it's going to reflect and my members are going to notice it and they're going to be happy. You know, I want my, both my managers, as soon as somebody walks in the door, they greet them with their name, the, you know, smiling face. So, um, that that's super important for me when I'm, when I'm doing the hiring, they got to have a bubbly personality. They got to be outgoing. So, and I, I think we have a pretty good setup there and going forward, we'll, we'll continue to instill that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So this just kind of continues on the trend of you being very customer centric, you know, being very Absolutely. aware that in order to make the customers happy, I have to have happy staff. I have to have consistent staff. I need to make sure that I have that going. So um, you're taking the business to multiple locations. You've already gone from one to two and are in the works of, of another with, with grander goals. So I want to talk about um, some of the big things that happen as you try to scale. A lot of our listeners have one location and would like to have multiple locations, but don't know when to take the leap or, you know, don't have necessarily a framework in place for when they should do it. So I want to start with that. For you, you said things were going really well at the, the first location, and that's how you knew it was time to plan for the second one. What did that look like for you specifically? You know, is it, hey, I feel like I don't need to be as involved and I can put some attention somewhere else, or I've got systems in place. Like, what was it that told you things are going well enough here that I need to duplicate this? Um, you know, obviously the second location I ended up acquiring is in my hometown. Um, so I was already familiar with everybody here. I've been living here for about 13 years now. And, um, you know, my kids go to school here and I just felt it would be right for me to, to support my, my community and offer, you know, fit stop 24 in my community. Um, you know, a couple months into the Niles location, it just kind of snowballed into, man, this is, is really what I love to do. I enjoy seeing people achieve their goals um, in health and fitness. Um, and I want to continue doing that. So the opportunity came up for Dwajek and I knew it was right. You just, you know, as, as an owner, um, when you're looking to expand, you just have that feeling and you know, it's the right time for you to expand. Um, and that's just, you know, I just took advantage of a situation. You got to take advantage of, of situations that come up like that. If you feel it's, it's the right time. 
Right, right. And when you say the opportunity came up, the second location was an existing facility that you took over, right? Correct. So even if, even if we think, hey, when I get everything perfectly aligned, this is what I'm going to do, and this is this is where I want to be. That's one set of thoughts and beliefs. But sometimes opportunity knocks on the door, and you say, "All right, I believe that this is something that I can't ignore." And in this case, that that put the timetable at where it was for you, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm really confident in what I do. Very confident. Um, you know. In, in my head, fits out 24 is the best, period. You know, if, if you don't think that way, then why are you in business? Um, you, you should always have that confidence when going into any type of, any type of business. Um, and, you know, I think that's helped me tremendously get through the hard times and get to where I'm at now. Got it, got it. So what were the biggest things that you felt like you had in place with the first location that gave you the confidence in the, in the second location. Like you went in and you knew that there were going to be some things you're going to have to adapt and change to bring it in line with fit stop. So what were the things that you felt like, I know that I have a really solid handle on this. I can go, I can apply this and bring it up to, you know, to be the a standards. fit stop location. Yeah. And that's, and I don't um, say this, we don't have to knock on what was there before. Doesn't mean it wasn't good. It just wasn't. It wasn't a fit stop. It wasn't. It was different, right? So uh, I don't. I don't ever like to disparage opportunities that we come into, but until it's a fit stop, it ain't a fit stop, right? You're right. You're right. Um, so, you know, I, I started um, researching the client base that comes in during the time during the day at my other location, the Dwajek location, when I began to acquire that to try and turn it more into a fit stop 24 vibe. Um, Cause you know, th there's gym vibes and you can go to a lot of different gyms and if you don't have that right vibe, it can kind of just be, eh. So um, I needed to instill that first. So I needed to find out what my client base is throughout the day. Um, you know, I tend to, to play music based on that because music in a fitness facility goes a long way. Um, and, you know, we had the elderly crowd, so I did play a lot of classic rock, and I noticed a difference in their um, demeanor. You know, they feel they felt a little bit more bubbly. They were a little bit more, you know, chipper. So um, it was a, uh, it was, and I noticed I did, I learned that from the Niles location. I noticed that we had you know different types of clientele coming in during different times of the day, and I would adapt my music. I would adapt um, the way you know I. I talked to some people and, you know, I knew, I knew when people were down, when people were up and, you know, the goal is for somebody to come into a fitness facility, feel better about themselves leaving. Right. I mean, name one time you went to a gym and didn't feel, you know, you, you went in feeling upset and then you left, you know, happy that, you know, people don't leave angry. Um, so that, that was huge. So really you're just there to make sure that every person that comes in through the door leaves happy. You know, whether it's just a simple hello, the music you're playing. Um, and I started adapting that to my Dwajek location. It's, it's, it's slowly getting to, you know, the type of vibe that my, my FitStop 24 and Niles is. Um, and people are starting to, to, to buy into it, you know, and they're like, okay, I, you know, this is different. It's not the same. I don't want it to be the same. I want it to be FitStop 24. And I want that for every location. I want everybody to be like, it's the same vibe, every FitStop 24 location you go to.
Yeah, I think something that that I keyed into that you said there too that um, to me seems like a big differentiator is sometimes our love for training or fitness or the technical stuff can dilute what we think the clients actually want. And in the simplest form, something I've heard that I that I really loved is people people go to the gym for the first time looking for results and they keep coming back because of a feeling it may be a feeling of hey i'm doing i'm just getting off the couch it may be you know the feeling of i got a good pump and there's some feeling associated i just like these people it's not always like hey you know i lost three inches from my waist this year or something like that the, yeah. the results are what motivate people i think to take the first step and from there it's the repetitive feeling of I'm doing something positive and I'm in a positive environment that keeps people above me on all the bells and whistles and, and fancy things. And, all, you know, if we want, we can, you know, talk about, you know, kinesiology and most people, they're just like, Hey, feel good that I came here. See tomorrow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's from, from, all of the different levels and all the different methodologies seems to be the unifying factor. Everybody shows up right. to the gym because they want something. Nobody shows up to the gym thinking it's a feeling, but then they keep coming back for that. So your focus on that, I'm sure leads to everything else that trickles down and goes, goes through to it. So logistically you go from one to two, were there any, were there any speed bumps, any hurdles, anything that didn't go, you know, as you had expected it to when you tried to duplicate it in an existing location? Yeah, you know, anytime you take on an existing facility, there's already, um, there's already, you know, that vibe, there's already that they already have something in place. And some of these members are just used to that. They're used to, you know, it was just a different style of, of, um, facility you know my my Niles location is very upbeat there's always a good you know you walk in and it's like a party and that's what I wanted to feel like I want people to come in one of my biggest goals when opening up the gym was I didn't want anyone to wear headphones when we were busy I wanted everybody to interact with each other and talk and build chemistry and build rapport with new members and you know create a friendship um and we've done an absolute amazing job of doing that at my Niles location. It's, you know, if you ever go in there during prime time, there's very rarely anyone wearing headphones. And that was a, that was a big win for me. Cause that's what I wanted. I didn't want people to be just kind of to themselves, you know, doing their thing. And there's some people that do that and rather work out that way. But I noticed it, you know, the environment we have there now has been really upbeat and, you know, people walk in and they're, what's up? Hey, you know, they're calling people by names and it's, it's a really good vibe. Um, it was hard for me to duplicate that in, in Dwajak because there's already this, you know, quietness I felt like. Um, and, and I've slowly, you know, started changing the dynamics there and it's, it's been going great. I noticed a lot more people talking to each other. Um, we've increased our membership base by three to 400 members since I've acquired it. Um, you know, I've keep adding equipment. They didn't really have a social media. So social media is big. I like creating uh, funny content and posting it on our Facebook. 
and allowing people to say, oh, you know, this is the owner. Oh, he's funny, you know, or wow, he's, you know, this is really cool what he's doing here. The more we're in their face and the more we're, we're trying to um, change the vibe, the better it's going to be for everybody. Um, and it's been difficult, but, you know, no hope for a climber. I'm, I'm here to, to work. So I'm, I have a goal and, and I'll achieve that goal. Yeah, for sure, man. And I love that you kind of just, you realize that it's, it was like, all right, I can't, I can't just force it on people. I've got to, I've got to slowly adapt. I've got to make it, make it, you know, happen organically and just nurture it. So now we're looking at another location, correct? This is something that's in the works. It's in, it's in planning phases at least. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I'm hoping with in the next couple months, I'll open up another location um, about 30 minutes from uh, Dwajak and actually about 40, 35 minutes from my uh, Niles location. Okay. And this one is going to be a from scratch location? Yes, that's correct. That's going to be a from scratch location. Okay. So now you've, now you've got a, a, a from scratch location and one that you took over. Next one is going to be from scratch. Are there any big significant changes for you? Do you think one to two and two to three are going to be the same? Uh, are there any things that you you know, hey, in this next location, I want to try to leverage this differently or different arrangement, different percentages of floor space? Any, you know, now with two under your belt, is it, I just want to make a photocopy or are you still playing with concepts and, and looking for areas to adapt? You know, I'm I'm still new to this. Obviously, I'm still learning. Um, even though I'm three years in, I'm still trying to grasp the way it all truly works. And and I'm constantly adjusting at, at both locations. Um, you have to adapt, you know, to your clients, and and you're constantly improving because guess what? We're not Fist Up Twenty Four isn't the only brand out there that's trying to to make a name for themselves. Um, so I. I realize, you know, little things here and there I have to take into consideration the layout, you know, this location won't be as big. So what is it that a lot of members use more often and eliminate some of the stuff that isn't used as much? Um, and, you know, racks, different weights, treadmills, you have to look at all these different um, scenarios in your head that you think is going to work with this location, this layout, and you have to just make it adapt you know, you have to adapt to what the client base is going to be there too. Um, if you notice there's, you know, three or four CrossFit gyms in a small area like that, then you should maybe offer something with a little bit of CrossFit in there. Um, whether it just be a, a cool rack or something that you can do pull-ups on or whatever, you know, there, there's just all these, a couple of salt bikes, a, a salt treadmill, um, things like that. So that way people are like, oh, you know what? I'm a CrossFitter, but I wouldn't mind going to this because they offer a couple pieces that are important to me as a CrossFitter. Um, or if you're a runner, you know, there's certain things that runners want to use and treadmills. And um, so you just, you, you learn and you adjust and I'll make sure that when I open up my third location, it'll be very comparable to what I currently have now, but better because every time you open up a new location, you should be better than the last two and continue to make the other two. Don't, kind of shy away from them you want to keep improving those as well also um and you want to you want to share that with your members and let them know hey listen we, we just got four or five benches that 
you know, our rogue benches, they're top of the line. We want you guys to tell us how you feel about them. Give us your input. Cause then you keep that interaction with everybody and it's, it's just different. You know, I want that sense of community with everybody. Yeah. So continuing to refine the product as a whole, but for you, and we're going to get into this topic next, um, as you're looking to expand, you want every club to be near another club in a certain radius. And we'll talk about that, but you're keeping some geographical specificity there. Like you said, if there aren't CrossFit gyms or if there are, or if, if there are different things saying like, this is our, these are our core values. These are the things that we're going to do and continue to better at. But I want to actually serve the community to where I see the need and not just put a fit stop 24 there and make people think that that's what they need. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, that's exactly it. All right. So the last topic we're going to, we're going to have a few minutes to jam on here is your idea for your continued expansion. And this, this may go to quite a few facilities is there's almost like a hub and spoke or planet in, in, you know, satellite, you know, where you want to have larger and smaller locations, um, probably location specific, population specific, but all within a set distance of each other or a range. So tell us where that came from and where you think that's going to help push the brand identity forward, make it better for the clients and, and make the business better as a whole. Um, you know, I, I, I know how difficult it is for, um, sometimes you get bored with the facility, you know, sometimes you're like, you know what, it's time for me to switch it up and, you know, they'll go to anytime fitness or planet fitness, or, you know, just because they want a different, um, vibe, or maybe they have different equipment. So my goal would be to have a facility within 30, 45 minutes of each fit stop. Um, you know, when we go out of town, another thing I notice is it's like, what gyms are in the area? What gyms can I work out at? Cause we're not nationwide yet. We're just located in Southwest Michigan and, uh, Northern Indiana. So it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to St. Louis. What gym am I going to, it'd be nice to know, Hey, you know what? There's a fit stop in St. Louis or there's a fit stop here. There's a, cause if not, there's going to be one within 30 minutes of wherever I'm at. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of the goal, obviously pending population, et cetera. Um, but yeah, you know, I, and I got that idea more so from casinos. Um, you know, casinos are here in, in Michigan. We, we have a lot of casinos, we have big casinos and then we have satellite casinos and those satellite casinos do really well, you know, so why can't, why can't we, you know, if, if you can go to, if you, let's say you go to my gym in Niles and it's super busy, well, guess what? 17 minutes, 20 minutes down the road, you can go to Dwajek and it's not going to be as busy. Um, or you can go to Waterville or you can go to, you know, 30 minutes down the road and maybe that gym's going to offer more CrossFit or maybe it's going to offer more of this or more of that. Um, so I just want to give members option, but let them know that they can continue being within our brand. Um, they can continue being with the FitStop family. So that way they're not having multiple memberships at other locations, spending all that extra money, knowing that, hey, you know, if I get a, if I get a membership to, with FitStop 24, there's going to be a facility within 30, 45 minutes of each location I go to. And that says a lot about the brand. Yeah, very, very contrary to some brands. And, and I'm not going to say what's right or wrong because everybody's going to be able to make a case, but there are some brands where you could have, you know, one in Florida, one in Texas, one in, yeah. you know, and it's, 
they may have the name or if you go in Google and they have multiple locations, but it doesn't get leveraged as much as really something spreading from an epicenter and then oh you you know we almost all of us know somebody or have some interaction probably in that same radius 20 30 minutes right oh you go to that gym all right well i'm not going to drive the 20 minutes to you but oh they put one over here by me or where i work so it's you're going to leverage the name recognition in proximity as it grows out from this epicenter rather than just randomly scattering them maybe just you know oh there's a lot of population here but it's two hours away it's it's kind of staying true to the the brand integrity and the customer service and being patient will you eventually get to that two way large population center sure but it's going to be three gyms from now because you want there to be that continuity. Correct, correct. And yeah, we will keep, you know, that's that's the that's the plan, that's the goal. Um, and we just gotta stick to it. You know, and I, I'm pretty uh, confident that one day soon, FitStop24 will be a nationwide brand. You know, that's, that's, that's where my confidence is at. Yeah, so the, the very last thing that I think that I, I wanna touch on is, um, is a good friend of yours who started who started the company, who started, the, you were the, became the first franchisee. Um, so it's it's a little bit different franchise or franchisee relationship than, you know, you could expect from any, you know, pick your ABC, whatever the other brands are that are out there. Um, a little bit different relationship because it's, it's somebody you know, somebody you have faith in and have direct line in. Are there any, are there any points in that since 2019, where you came on, where you feel like, hey, if, if I was part of a larger franchise, maybe I couldn't have got things moved in this direction the way I want, or, you know, there's there's been some advantage for being there from the ground floor, having to be someone you know, to really adapt quickly and make this what you want it to be, to continue to be in alignment with FitStop24 and not go another direction? Yeah, you know, um... I think going this route, it, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, not only are you, um, so it's consists of two brothers um, and a, a partner with them. And, you know, I got to talking to all of them. They're all amazing people and they all um, are really good at whatever they're, they're doing. You know, one of the brothers helps fix equipment. One of the other brothers helps um, talk to people and get franchisees up and going. Um, so they have a really good base um, and I think that helped me tremendously because I was able to call them if I ever had an issue and be like, Hey man, have you ever experienced anything like this? And not only can I call them, it's every franchisee currently that, you know, that has a fit South 24 can reach out on their personal cell and reach any one of these owners, one of, you know, the, of fit South 24 and, and ask questions and see, okay, am I doing things right here? Or does this sound right? Or, and they're able to give them information based on on the 20 years experience they have of owning their facilities. So, um, you know, you get a lot of hands-on experience, which is, which is awesome. And I love being able to go and talk to them and pick their brains about how they would handle situations. Um, I think it would be a lot more difficult to do that with bigger franchises. Um, you're not going to just be able to reach out to the CEO of, you know, planet, planet fitness and be like, Hey man, so I got a question. How do no, that's, you know, they're not going to, 
probably be in, you know, they're not, that's just not going to happen. Um, so I think going forward, even if I think if, even if we had a hundred or 200 gyms, I think you'd still be able to reach out to any one of these people um, that, that run fits out 24, the franchise and, and ask questions and get, you know, get real experience. They'll come out to you. You know, there's been multiple times where they've driven to my location and they've talked to me and they've asked me, Hey, you know, maybe you should do it this way. And we pick each other's brains, but you know, all the franchisees, we have such a good, um, we have a group chat where we all talk and we, we, we give each other advice on how to handle things. So the support there, I don't know if you'd get it everywhere else. I think eventually you just fall by the wayside. We have such a close knit um, community with our franchise owners that I, I don't see us failing, you know, as a whole. I think if we continue building and adding more and more franchisees, the community is only going to get bigger and we're going to be able to pick each other's brains and just continue to improve as a whole. And that's the goal. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's been amazing. And, I look forward to opening up, you know, another five to 10 of these and, you know, 15, 20, who knows, maybe we'll go, you know, to another state and it, the sky's the limit at this point and fitness isn't going away anytime soon. So. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely, man. I think that, you know, it, it sounds like you have a lot of good things in place and it's, you know, it's growing, but you're, you know, you're not losing focus on what you got there, who you want to be. It's not just, you know, yeah, making profit, revenue, all that stuff is great, but it sounds like you're you're holding on strong to your core values. And and if nothing, actually sounds like you're, you know, reinforcing them with the steps you're taking and how you're looking at it. So I think that's a great place to end. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna top that, you know, mic drop moment there for you. So um, I really appreciate your time with us here today, Gary. It's been a pleasure having you. I wish you continued Thanks, success and, and thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate your time, Dominic. Awesome, man. And to everybody out there listening, we won't forget about you. We appreciate you being here. Wouldn't be here without you. If you want to hear more stories like Gary's, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Sean from Raising the Bar Training and Performance in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Brooke. 
I'm really excited to have you here, Sean. Um, and I'm excited to learn more about your fitness business. But before we, you know, start there, tell us a little bit about what it was that got you started in this industry of being a fitness business owner. Absolutely. Um, I went to college uh, basically without any really understanding of what I wanted to do. I was pretty good at school. So kind of my career guidance was, you know, uh, maybe try engineering. They make lots of money. Um, so I went uh, to a, uh, a larger city to go to school. I'm from a very, very small town of under 500 people in northern Canada. Uh, so it was kind of like a massive shock to the system going to a city. And then quickly realized I didn't think I wanted to be an engineer after about uh, first semester. And I just kept finding myself up in the gym exercising to um, basically reduce stress and feel better. And um, basically, I got in a conversation with a couple guys that were up there, and they uh, basically were doing a uh, project for kinesiology. So I started looking into that, and immediately the next year switched to a uh, kines major. I went through, did my diploma in kines, and then wound up doing a uh, combined phys ed nutrition degree. And that kind of got me started on the, uh, the path to personal training. So as I started actually training more full-time, large scale, I quickly recognized um, that to earn money as a personal trainer, you kind of have to at least leave on your own as a freelance. Um, just most of the gyms were keeping 50 to 70% of the money. Uh, as a personal trainer, it's not really uh, that great of a, a revenue generator, long hours, split shifts, things like that. Um, so I just started working my way into more private gyms uh, gaining more experience, getting into management positions uh, before kind of uh, feeling comfortable and confident to step out on my own and, and do my own thing. Well, good for you for, you know, kind of taking that journey and that leading you to this point where you have your own facility. And so what I like to do right here is, you know, for listeners, give us the elevator pitch, the best elevator pitch you can give of raising the bar training and performance. That way they have a better idea of who you are and, you know, what you have to offer within your facility. Absolutely. Uh, raising the bar was created out of that necessity for a place for trainers to have an actual um, career. Uh, so we are a space rental for trainers that want to earn a living within the industry, uh, allow them to uh, basically train their niche uh, along their scope of practice exactly how they want to. So we don't give you, you know, a set type of client or uh, expect you to train a set set of ways. Um, so it's fully private, uh, allowing all trainers basically out of here to be basically themselves and run the, the business they want. Um, one of the things I found as a trainer, when you get into gyms, a lot of gyms try and dictate how you train and what you train and who you train. So if I'm into athletics and power production and sport performance, and suddenly all I'm getting is middle-aged men and women and rehab, um, it's very quickly that I start to lose my passion for, for my work. Um, so in here, basically, everything's left up to the trainers to choose how they want to train and who they want to train. And because they're owners of their own company, uh, that elevates that um, service that they give to each client because they are representing themselves, their own business, their own company. Uh, so I find uh, that aspect, we don't have that kind of clock in, clock out employee mindset with our trainers. They are running their business and building their own kind of, uh, I guess, uh, name for themselves within our facility. 
Okay. And so do you have your own business within the facility or are you just kind of mentoring all of these coaches? Yeah. So I am a full-time trainer myself. So I'm on the floor between kind of uh, five to 10 hours a day with clients myself uh, on top of running the actual gym itself. So I have all my own set of clients that I train and then basically I'm there for the trainers as necessary uh, to help them build and grow their businesses as well. Wow. Okay. So you're a pretty busy guy, like kind of a lot going on. Um, yes. Within the facility, how many people would you say that you guys are training right now? Uh, between all the trainers, we're, we're definitely over about 200 clients. Uh, we have 18 trainers and two massage therapists out of the building. Okay. So that space, I mean, that spot, you know, you have around 200 members. Um, are all the clients, I mean, all the trainers' schedules pretty full right now? Do you have the capacity to, you know, more people? Um, how, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, so we got a large mix of uh, what I consider like full-time and part-time. Uh, that in itself is really hard to determine in the industry on what considers somebody full-time and part-time uh, based off of you kind of pack two or three days full of people and, and run enough to make a living, but you're actually only working three days a week. Um, so there's definitely lots of room for growth due to like, I'd say like floor busyness, um, but a lot of the trainers are definitely like fully packed in their schedule. We do kind of one-on-one private to small group. Uh, so with the mix of that and having 24-hour access to the facility, um, there's lots of times where, um, you know, it's sitting empty, uh, even though there's so many trainers, there might be one, two people only on the floor, uh, even in peak times, because there are so many different styles of trainers and stuff like that. Um, there's lots of room for growth out of that as well. Cool. So, you know, when we think about the idea of growth in, in this industry, um, you know, the variety of different ways that we can make aid that growth process. So for you guys, what are you doing to aid that growth process to be able to get new faces in the door of the training facility? Yeah. Um, things like this, getting onto podcasts, um, lots of different, uh, video aspects. We do things throughout the community. So I've got a trainer that works with police officers, um, that he puts them through workouts, uh, for charity. And then, uh, airs a lot of those, uh, uh, workouts on his social media and we blast those. Um, uh, basically for the importance of, you know, um, law enforcement and they have to stay in shape to protect themselves and others. Uh, with that, we do lots of um, uh, business networking through the community, uh, get in front of other businesses, uh, uh, utilizing their services as possible, keeping things local, and then offering our services as well uh, through them. And then it's, um, <clears throat> again, because we have 18 owners of 18 training companies. We have 18 people blasting their own social medias uh, from Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's definitely a big twist when everybody's in charge of their own aspect instead of like me, myself, having to advertise for 18 people. Uh, we have 18 people doing the work themselves, which allows us to branch off a lot better because they're they're always keeping up with their socials yeah so you know when it comes to i guess raising the bar training and performance as a like as a location that houses many other trainers do you guys do any sort of advertising for the facility itself 
Yeah, I do a bit. So I, I have um, like uh, marketplace, we'll do uh, Facebook ads. And then I will uh, do stuff on like, it'd be like Craigslist down in the States, but like Kijiji and things like that. I've always got kind of things running for trainers themselves uh, to come in uh, through that uh, with our webpage as well. Uh, it's more set up like a trainer menu. So when people visit the Raising the Bar uh, website, uh, it's basically got bios and, and links to all the trainers. So then if somebody wants to, they can click that trainer and reach out directly to them for uh, consultations and stuff like that. So we're trying to kind of push and advertise uh, all the trainers as much as we can, kind of that, that method. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about the idea of, of growth, I guess like welcoming more members into the facility, how would that serve you in the business as a whole? Um, well, a, a basically a busy trainer that's earning a good living, uh, basically make sure that they stay within my facility and continues to pay rent. So the design of the facility itself is basically kind of the thought process of many hands make light work. So, you know, 18 to 20 plus trainers all chipping in a small portion of rent pays our overhead lease and things like that. I don't take a penny from any members. Uh, so there's no membership fee out of my facility. So uh, when they go with a the trainer, they're not paying raising the bar, they pay the trainer. The trainer pays me rent, everything they make beyond rent, they get to keep in their pockets. So for me, it's, uh, it's, a busy trainer equals no trainer kind of uh, attrition. So I, I stay basically afloat and, um, and good as a company with good, strong, healthy trainer businesses. So okay. it's important for me to get those trainers busy and happy and earning good livings to make sure that they're, they're basically earning what they want to um, so that they continue to be able to train out of my facility. Yeah, definitely. So when, you know, we kind of, look at things like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, places like that, would it serve you and your business to be running ads for raising the bar as a whole on those places and then kind of be able to feed those, I guess, leads to your trainers? Um, yes and no. Uh, I've done it. Um, one of the things is we're a very diverse population of trainers. So the uh, one of the first hurdles I ran into trying to run that is, is you kind of got to choose what you're running for an ad. So if I'm running weight loss um, or uh, rehab or sport performance, I'm only filling those trainers. Uh, so I have to choose kind of if I'm going to run uh, an ad, uh, if it's general pop versus kind of more of a niche, um, I'm going to fill that out of that ad. So because we have so many different niches, um, Generally, what I do is mostly general pop ads, uh, and then they're uh, more, I guess, in charge of running for their niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, that makes sense. If you can run an ad for the general population, which is probably, you know, a big percentage of what you do in your facility, um, you know, you're able to pull in clients. Um, and then, of course, you know, the trainers can do more niche marketing. That's something that they feel like would serve them and in, in their individual business within business, right? Mm -hmm. um, so kind of moving on from this, this kind of topic, I want to ask you, what do you feel like has been a challenge or a bottleneck that you've faced 
or you're currently facing within your business? Because I think us kind of chatting about this, it's relatable for other people, maybe with a similar model to what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely over the last couple of years, it, it's, it, you know, uh, my original thought point is being an experienced trainer, uh, you know, this model really works well because I can bring my clients to it and, and reap that benefit. Uh, one of the things that I, I've recognized recently or, you know, over the past little bit is uh, a lot of the people wanting to apply and get into this have no clients and have no kind of experience. So they're starting that more that entrepreneurial journey from scratch. Um, so when you have overhead of rent and things like that, uh, that you have to, to make on top of, you know, earning an income, uh, right. that seems to be the, I guess, my biggest bottleneck is getting them started off on the right foot, um, but just not feeding them people, actually teaching them how to get those. So once they get their first four or five clients, they actually know how to double, triple, quadruple their their actual clientele, not just be waiting for me to give them their next set of four or five clients. Yeah, I mean, I think that this model can work great, um, but I understand like what you're saying, you know, pe these, these trainers kind of come in and maybe they don't have a whole list of clients. Maybe they don't have a whole list of, you know, experience. And so it makes it kind of difficult because you have to pour more time into helping them develop their business. But that's kind of fun in a way because it sounds like you really like mentoring people. So let me ask you this. This is kind of like going back, but what made you decide on this specific model? Like technically you could have done, you know, a personal training studio you could still have 18 trainers, but have them not be paying you rent and like they're working for you. So what made you decide yeah. to do this? Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, essentially what I came from. And, um, you know, I was a training manager. They call it a trainer lead. So I had my own clientele. I was in charge of the trainers. Uh, we're all employees as part of the gym. Um, I, I just found as the manager, there wasn't many that that actually like elevated themselves into that like role because they're employees. So there's that aspect of that employee mindset. You come in, you do the bare minimum not to get fired, then you kind of leave. Um, so I I really wanted to kind of elevate a facility where if everybody kind of um, with like WestJet and stuff like that, where all the employees have a, a, a percentage in the company, the design is to, they'll take care of customers better because they're represent, like they have shares in it, right? So my, my people don't have shares here, but they are the business owner themselves. So they don't show up late for, for training sessions. You know, um, they're on time, they're punctual, they, they're, organized for their sessions because that reflects on them not raising the bar because people aren't signing, you know, a training package with raising the bar. They sign it with one of my actual uh, businesses under. I just, I recognize there was a lot of kind of roll through in those companies where you're just an employee. And then again, the company was still always taking most the, the overhead. Um, so because the company's in charge of all the advertising, all the other things, um, there's a much larger pool of money that they need to hold to do all that, where I don't do near as much advertising for my trainers because they're their own company. They get to choose how much they want and how busy they want to get um, through those avenues because 
some trainers want 40 clients, some trainers only want 15 to 20. Uh, you know, some people want to earn six figures a year, other people are happy with 30, 40, 50,000. So uh, it allows them to grow their business as big as they want and kind of not be, I guess, pushed in a certain direction that you would as a, an employee. You know, uh, having the facility open that way, we have, like I said, some people that are, are going to be full-time, part-time, kind of just do evenings and weekends and that's enough for them. Others, this is a career. This is what's paying their mortgage. This is what's feeding their family. Because we get a nice mix of both of those with this type of model. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and when you think about you know your experience in in a, in a facility like this, like obviously that's what led to you kind of opening up your own facility with this model. But there are personal training studios out there with a lot of employees and they're super successful and the employee attrition is really good. And so, you know, what, what sets them apart? And usually it's that they have somebody like yourself running the facility, mentoring the employees. And so like, from my experience in the CrossFit facility, like that's what we did. We mentored our coaches so that, you know, they wanted to stick around. I mean, a lot of places, especially in this industry, turnover is so high with mm -hmm. coaches because people are walking in, they're not being mentored, not being provided with opportunity to go. That's a huge thing. And so they just boot scoot boogie out because like, hey, we all want to go somewhere and grow. We don't want to just stay stagnant forever. So, you know, I can see why this has worked for you. Now, my next question for you would be, what does growth look like? goals look like for you you know if i could hand you a magic wand sean and i was like boom you know all your dreams for this business have come true what would that picture look like yeah yeah I'll, i want to grow uh more trainers out of here actually get more full-time over just the uh the part-time um that fills a lot of those emptier kind of daytime gaps because they are full-time uh in that aspect um so it's just uh it's, it's building that trainer base and making sure the trainers are capable of building or growing, but it's finding the right trainer. Um, like I said, one of the biggest things I, I, I keep finding in a lot of the interview processes and stuff I have is a lot of trainers are looking just part-time. Um, it's I don't know if it's North America-wide, but I definitely know in my area, uh, it seems like a lot of people don't feel like training is a full career that it's something fun to do on the side maybe for an extra cash hustle uh and stuff like that so that's one of my big goals with raising the bar is actually to to have it a career orientation you know where you can earn an actual living and get a mortgage and and not be laughed at if you go in for you know a, a vehicle loan or something like that because we are considered you know full commission for most um you know uh places or if you're a a dollar per hour, a lot of times it's quite low. Most of the gyms around where, I, where I'm in don't pay much over minimum wage for a personal trainer. You know, and I, I train with trainers that have master's degrees and, and diplomas and things like that. You don't go to school for that long and to get that type of education to be $2 over minimum wage as a career. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. So for you, you're really looking to take on more full-time trainers and help them absolutely yeah as a career and I think that that's another part of why it seems like attrition is so high in this industry is because people don't see this as a full-time thing um and I think that the reason why people don't see that is because 
you know, they haven't experienced making money in this industry, but it's totally possible to make six figures from mm -hmm. being a personal trainer. Um, so, you know, of course, yeah, well, more, we want to help employ more trainers. Um, but, you know, what else do you want to achieve for your business? What other goals do you have? Yeah, well, um, obviously, it's, it's helping trainers. And then by, by default, those trainers help clients, right? So, you know, having those properly, you know, trained and educated trainers <clears throat> mentored correctly that are in it for the right reason that they actually do want to help people, um, you know, achieve their, their health and wellness goals, we're going to get basically more people actually healthier and fitter. Uh, that's one of the things, you know, basically statistically, we've got close to an 80% overweight obesity kind of uh, uh, ratio in North America uh, that we're needed. You know, it's kind of over the last two years with, you know, that pandemic and stuff up where I am, we got shut down. So, you know, seven months of being shut down, the other, you know, five months we were restricted. We were considered a non-essential, you know, part of that. People's mental health declined, people's physical health declined even worse. Um, that obviously the, the direct goal as a trainer that, you know, is almost 20 years in the industry uh, helping people is to help them to get them mentally, physically, emotionally in a better place than when they came in the door. You know, that's always the main focus, uh, you know, with the clients and the better trainers we can have and the more they treat it like a career, the better they're going to hopefully, um, you know, be able to do that with their clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So default, you know, help more people change more lives, but to do that, mm -hmm. you're going to find more trainers um, and really pour into the trainer element of, of what you have to offer your facility. So yeah. last question, you know, I have here before we kind of start to wrap up the podcast is, you know, what's a word of advice that somebody has given you along the way as a business owner that you feel has really resonated with you? Um, and, you know, let's share that because I think that these are sometimes fun little mic drop moments to end with. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I, as a trainer, I train a lot of business owners myself. So they have been part and parcel of my actually leaving my previous position to start uh, my own gym. Um, and one of the big pieces of advice is basically like, don't hesitate. You're going to hesitate, you know, five months, six months, five years, 10 years. Um, usually it's the hesitating on, on decisions and stuff, whether it be personal or business, that's going to basically cause your downfall is, you know, when that opportunity strikes for something, you know, jump at it. And, you know, if it seems out of reach or, or difficult, you, you kind of figure it as you go. That's one of the things I found in business around every month, every turn, uh, you know, especially for the last couple of years, it, everything is, you know, figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know, the moment you start hesitating on decisions and stuff like that in business, um, you know, the money's always pouring out. So you got to always be, be looking for ways to be, be bringing more in. And a lot of times if you're just sitting and overthinking those decisions, by the time you go to pull the trigger, it's probably too late. Cool. That's a really, really good, heavy word of advice. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, where can our listeners go to find Raising the Bar Training and Performance Online? Yeah, uh, so our uh, Instagram's uh, at RTB Personal Trainer, our Facebook's RTB uh, Training and Performance, and our website is rtbtraining.ca. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today and giving us, you know, 
your insight into your business. Hopefully somebody listening to the show really was able to pull value from the conversation. For our listener, thank you for tuning in. If you want to say no to episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.